You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, hello, it's Andy here. Welcome back to the show. How's everybody doing? A couple of quick life updates for me. So I know a lot of you are following along on my process of manifesting a beautiful forest retreat home. And we've made a couple of trips now, Ben, my partner and I, up to the mountains to look for this place. We're like envisioning this A-frame or kind of really light-filled cabin sort of vibe. And I feel like it's coming. It's for us. It's out there, but we haven't quite found it yet. We have gotten pretty clear on the areas that we want to be in. So for those of you that have been following along over on my Instagram, hopefully we'll be able to share with you soon that we've got the place. We found the place. So I'll keep you posted. Let's see other things going on in my life. I've been traveling a little bit and it feels really exciting to be doing that. It's all been for For work experiences, I know many of you know, I do a lot of consulting work with businesses who are really working on infusing soul and conscious thinking into their work. We also do work on scaling and scaling in really conscious ways. So working on supporting and developing people and teams. And I've had a really beautiful opportunity to be at a conference at the end of last month and working on site doing really collaborative, kind of like personal retreat sort of experiences with some of my clients. And that's been really amazing. And I also wanted to let you guys know that before we get into the episode today, we're doing a special little giveaway on today's episode. So here's the deal. I have for you a journal from The Magic of I. And if you know about the Magic of I journals, they are so beautiful. They are developed by a woman who is completely just made of magic. They're vegan lined leather journals. And on the back of the journal, it actually says this journal is made of magic with details and attention to celebrate the gift of being alive. So I have a journal for you. I'm going to be doing this giveaway a couple of times. So here's the deal. If you want me to mail you one of these beautiful journals, here's what you got to do. Leave us a review. Let us know that you listened to this episode, this particular episode. Let us know you listened. Share your thoughts. Celebrate with us the show. And then post that review on your social pages or social page. Instagram specifically would be amazing. And tag me. You can tag, you can tag me at Wee Wee Girl or you can tag the show at Your Woo Woo BFF. So that's the deal. You've got to leave a review on whatever platform it is that you get your podcasts on and then post it in your social on Instagram specifically. You can post it on other social places too. I just won't be able to see it if you post it like on your Facebook or TikTok or something. So post it on Instagram, tag us at either your woo woo BFF, which is the name of the show, or tag me wee wee girl. Either way, it counts. Okay. All right. And whoever does that, I'm going to be drawing a winner and I will send you this beautiful magic of eye journal. All right. All right. That's the plan. 
Okay, so let's talk about today's guest. My guest today is Rohini Marathi. She's the face behind the quickly growing Magic Inclined community and podcast. Rohini was born into a spiritually driven life in Tehran, and she now lives in California. And I want to just give you a little bit of a trigger warning. There is a conversation in this episode around Rohini losing her baby girl at a really young age. So we're going to be talking about that. Through that process, Rohini began her self-healing journey. She created what she calls her own soul degree with the best teachers in the business, including certifications for Reiki's, Reiki levels one and two with Dr. Eric Rubin. She did yoga teacher training with... Ocean Beach Yoga. She did clairvoyance training with Leon LeGrant. She did breathwork training with Ashley Neese and hypnotherapy training with Marissa Peer. So really robust and beautiful soul degree experience. Today, she's an Akashic Records specialist, and she focuses her work with those who are new on their spiritual path or those who want to become teachers of the Akasha as well. Her work with the records started with channeling messages for clients, but she's transitioned into teaching people how to do it for themselves. And she's got a really beautiful course, a website that's got all sorts of resources and an, a, a really amazing Instagram page with so much good stuff on it too. So let's get into it. Welcome my guest, Rohini Marathi. Hi, Rohini. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So we start every episode with a conversation about astrology. And as you know, I'm so interested in finding out a bit more about you that way. And so tell me your sun, moon, and rising sign. All right. I'm a Gemini sun, Aquarius moon, and Virgo rising. And mm. I actually, I know very little about astrology, but my sister is an astrologer. And I think I just got lazy about learning about it because she just <laughs> tells me everything. <laughs> yeah. So what is, what is her general perspective of like the whole of you? What does she tell you? I don't know. She just says like, she's always very reassuring whenever I'm going through like drama or like big life stuff. She's like, look, this is in your chart. This placement is here right now. I don't, I honestly don't remember what most of the stuff she tells me is, but the outcome message is usually like, chill out. It's going to be okay. It's very temporary. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be good. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good sign. Yeah. It's a really good sign when an astrologer is like, I've checked your chart. You're going to be, you're going to make it. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you have energy, you know, and you use it, you know how to build and um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly really, it just like, it doesn't absorb into my brain for some reason. It's really yeah. weird because it's meant for her, I think, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, and you're both doing things that are in a very um, spiritual and very special realm, just really different realms. So that's that's cool that you both have found your specific thing that it, works it is for kind you. Of, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. We're both, we're Persian. So it's like, it's in our like bloodline really to do this yeah. kind of work. It's very majestic and like magic oriented in that culture. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Gemini sun. So Gemini sun means, I mean, I'm already getting that energy from you. It's, it's like such a playful and conversational energy. So I just, I, I some of what, one of my sisters is a Gemini sun and several of my best friends are Gemini suns. It's, that's such a playful, fun energy. And then Virgo rising means that, uh, that's the face you show to the world. So 
that is very much um, a Virgo is organized and can be very um, not not necessarily directed and disciplined, but kind of can see the flow and the processes of how things are going to line up or should line up. And then that Aquarius moon, you said Aquarius moon, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, big, big future thinking, um, activist, visionary, can see can see what's coming, what can see what's coming, truly. That sounds very, about right. A, <laughs> yeah, it's a very humanitarian energy also. So really cares about the world and people, the people in it. So so magical. It's so amazing how these ancient modalities are just like so, I don't know, so aligning when you hear about them, you know, and in conjunction to oneself. I'm always like, whoa, that really does sound like me. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk today about the Akashic Records. So mm -hmm. let's start here. You are an Akashic Records specialist, and you focus your work on supporting those who are on a spiritual path and sometimes may even be very new to getting on that path. And you do a lot of work with channeling messages for your clients and teaching people how to do it for themselves as well, really empowering people. But for someone who's listening, that's like, hmm, yeah, I maybe have heard about the Akashic Records, but I don't really know what you're talking about or what this is. Can you give us a beginner's intro to the Akashic Records? Absolutely. And it's been explained in so many ways because it's one of those things in the unseen world. But the best way that I've come to explain what the Akashic records are is that the Akasha is the fabric of everything. And since everything lives on vibrational plane of existence, like every single thing around us vibrates, these vibrational frequencies are recorded within the Akasha. So what that means is like everything that has ever happened is happening or possibly may happen is all vibrating at the same time. And when we are accessing the Akasha, which is really a part of us, like the Akasha is like the mother to the universe. We can think of it that way. Um, when we're accessing these parts of the Akasha, we're really just going inward and accessing parts of ourselves um, on a deeper level. Yeah. Okay. So if someone were to have a reading and they are, I'm asking this for the person who's like, I get that. I get what you're saying, but how do I get there? So there, everything that's ever happened, everything that could happen, everything that's presently happened, it's like all of it Big. occurring <laughs> in one, one like gigantic <laughs> vibrational frequency mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. So when someone is working with you, or let's say they are learning to do this for themselves, where are they going? Where does where does this live? Yeah, well, it lives within us, around us. It lives everywhere. It's not outside of ourselves because what the Akasha is is pretty much vibrational frequencies. That's that's all it is. It's the ether. And in Sanskrit, that's what Akash directly translated to was ether, like the the essence that is you know? Mm. So when we are accessing the Akasha, we're not going anywhere else. We are tuning our brain to like align with the vibrational frequencies. That's all we're doing. And that's why like back in the day, um, you know, the Rishis that sat at the foot of, at the Himalayas and meditated, like sat there for so long because they're working on tuning their brain on 
um, to reach the same frequency of the Akasha. Buddhists do this, you know, monks. Like, mm-hmm. so this is like, um, this isn't like a new thing, but it has been rebranded and like reworked a lot recently where it makes sure. it really confusing. And I feel like it creates a lot of fear around it and like dogma in a way, the way it's being presented. And that's why, honestly, I do the work that I do because it's that's how I learned about it. I'm like, this just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. And this is, it's such a, it's so helpful for you to describe it this way. And I mean, the reason this show exists is to take things that are sometimes considered to be woo-woo or sometimes considered to be taboo and make it easy to understand so that someone who's listening has an opportunity to decide, is this something I want to explore? Would this be helpful for me? Okay. Am I, what's going to happen when I go try this out? And I, I love this I love this way that you're describing it, that this is not something that all of a sudden was created in the last, you know, I don't know, couple of years. decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even that. This is something that's been a, a point of of work for folks of for all all of times from ancient cultures yeah. until now. It's just the way that it's been talked about, maybe of may has been a bit different. Yeah. Cause you know, we do have marketing and, you know, capturing attention and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> People really use that and that's great. It's fine. But the Akasha, the Akash um, has been here since before anything else existed and everything lives mm-hmm. on the Akashic plane. And um, mm-hmm. if anyone's like really interested to like dive in and learn about um, like the physicist side of it, um, mm-hmm. Any Irvin Laszlo book is like a great place to start because it's um, it's very scientific. And I loved when the world of spirituality and science like meet because they're both valid, you know, so it's just like they meet right yeah. in the middle and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much, too. I one of the one of the modalities that I practice is Kundalini yoga. And I I did a, a teacher training in 2020, 2020, 2021, like overlapping those two Amazing. years. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I love so much about that practice is all of the science that's connected into that practice and working with the energy frequency and, and all of that. And yes, I, I like really love sitting down and practicing mantra and breathing, but the science behind it is so freaking interesting. And the further you get into that, you see how connected the spiritual realm and the world of science how connected those two things are. Absolutely. And you know, the purpose of yoga, kundalini yoga, any framework and and that type is directly connected to the Akasha. It's like we're preparing our body to be connected to the earth um, while receiving universal, you know, energy, like life force, um, direction, you know, so that's, it really goes hand in hand. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Okay. So tell me a bit about your story. How did you find your way into this practice? What was your first experience of it? And what does your practice look like today? Kind of a, a three pronged question there, but (laughs) how did you find, how did you find your way in and what does it look like today? Well, I, I actually found it in a very strange way. Um, I was like, Prior to 2018, I had no idea what it was. But mind you, like I grew up in a Hindu temple where my father was a Pujari. So I grew up with a very spiritual background, you know, where yoga was in our everyday life. We traveled all through, all through India and stuff. So these ideas were in my head, 
But the idea of the Akashic record wasn't defined really until 2018 for me. And this happened after um, like a tragedy, like it does happen for a lot of people who have mm-hmm. all of a sudden wake up and they're like, whoa, <laughs> what? But in 2018, um, uh, I lost my daughter uh, at two months old to SIDS, which was like mm-hmm. devastating. It broke everything. But what that did was like, it kind of like threw me into a puddle where I had to rebuild myself from the ground up. Because after that happened, it, I the old Rohini didn't exist anymore. Like everything just mm-hmm. kind of went away. And I intentionally built myself up the way I wanted. It was like molding clay. And mm. during this time I was meditating a lot and um, really diving back into the spiritual side of myself from when I was a child, like really grabbing onto that, healing that old wound too at the same time because I'd neglected the spiritual side of myself for so long. But um, during this time, during meditation, I asked help me like heal. Like, how can I heal myself? Like, how am I supposed to live anymore? How am I going to be on this planet with like this amount of pain? I can't Mm. walk around and just like act normal to people. Like I can't help me. So after that point, I started seeing the words like Akashic records. And I feel like the first place I saw it, which is really interesting, I stayed off of Instagram for a very long time because I just I couldn't see babies. Like it was just too much for me. You know, I just like secluded myself. But I started like going back and sharing my story. And um, I like followed zero people. It was just me sharing my story on Instagram. And during that time, there was like an ad thing that came up on my feed and it said like Akashic Records or something like that. I'm like, hmm, like there was this (laughs) weird knowing that woke up inside of me. And I'm like, oh, that's too big. Let's put it away. Scroll, get out of here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Of course, it's like I looked at it or clicked on it or whatever since it showed up on my feed probably because I hashtagged spirituality or something, you know, (laughs) Um, I started seeing it like pop up, like Google searches and things like that. I'm like, ah, get out of my head, Akashic Records. And I'd go to a bookstore, look down, it's like Akashic Records. I'm like, ah! (laughs) I tried to like really ignore it for a long time. And finally, one day I'm like, okay, what is this Akashic Records thing? So I started looking into it and the information I was finding in the beginning was like, kind of terrifying like these lords are like protecting this library out in the highest point in outer space and you have to like ask permission to like access it and all this like weird like fundamentalist kind of you know ideology (laughs) so like oh my gosh is it real or not and you know when you're going when you're going through like that early uh, rebuild like after like a spiritual awakening or something you're like you believe anything you hear, you know, that's why it's mm-hmm. so dangerous. And that's why I like to work with people who are like new on their spiritual path, just so like we can define their third eye and they can use discernment and not fall into these traps. Um, but yeah, I fell into that trap hard and I was like, yeah, the Lords of the records are going to do this and that and like, <laughs> or whatever what I was thinking. And um, I had to do a lot of unlearning from that point on, but that's how I came to it. That's the first part of the story. It was after a tragedy. Um, my daily practice looks like 
So here's a backstory part to, I have to tell you like a tiny backstory. Yeah. That. I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> so, um, before my daughter Rishi was born, um, I have an older daughter named Pele as well. And, um, she, we, my, Pele, my daughter Pele, my husband and I, we all went to India because I really missed my childhood. And I, we live in America where my daughter doesn't get to experience anything I lived with. And I lived in Iran and India. So can't go to Iran. <laughs> We're like, let's go to India. We went there and my mom said, if you're going to India, you have to go to Rishikesh and get an astrology reading um, from a Jyotish astrologer. So we did. And during that astrology reading, um, the astrologer told us that there's like, there's a tiny line like, or somewhere in our chart where it shows that we may possibly have another child, but it's not likely like their, their line fades. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the possibility of not having another child, even though we didn't really want one until we got that astrology reading, um, really devastated my husband and I. So that's why we're like, we, we realized we do want to add to our family after that point. Um, and Rishi came and left very abruptly. And the first thing we did was book a flight back to India. We're like, okay, we have to go back there. We have to go to the Ganges and like, um, give her ashes to the river. You know, that's what they do. And that's, uh, so we went back there and we received another, astrology reading from the same person we're like well this happened in a year (laughs) we went there exactly one year after so strange and he was like okay um he he gave very good advice and read our chart not just advice but based on our chart what um actions we can take and um I didn't follow through with everyone like he's like get rid of all your black clothes. You can't wear black. You have to wear white. And later on I learned um, that's because white absorbs energy. No, no. Black absorbs energy and white reflects energy. So he's like, you're in pain. Don't wear black. (laughs) Yeah. It makes makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) It does. Um, But the one thing that came up during that reading was you have to meditate. If you want to connect with her, you have to meditate at 4 a.m. But I do recommend that you just let her go and do her work. Because when, when babies leave this young, it's like they're going on their journey. It's not about you. It's about their journey. And I'm like, okay. But I still want, like, my ego, my heart, you know, wanted to, like, talk with her, see her. So I started waking up at 4 a.m. to meditate. And um, we actually (laughs) ended up having another baby because I just really wanted, and we were lucky enough to be able to. Um, have another baby and he was born one month and one day after her passing so yeah so I was like pregnant two years in a row around the same exact time just kind of reliving everything was healing and also strange um but he wakes me up every night at 4 a.m which is really interesting and now he's Mm. he's like two and three quarters and he still does that. So it, it kind of aligns with that. And mm-hmm. this brings me to finally tell you about my practice. And I was yeah. like, so I wake up at 4am. I do a meditation. I access the Akasha. I do breathing. I do some stretches and then I go back to bed and I wake up around like eight or nine when he wakes up. So it's yeah, kind of, yeah it's, it's been that way since the reading and it's been really helpful. Wow. That is, that's amazing. And the, the, just the, 
awareness that your son just had of that, of that, this is what you need and this is what we're going to do. So yeah. we're getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah. Here we go. I know. Yeah. Even though it's frustrating sometimes, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, if it was up to you, you might be like, yeah, I think I'm going to sleep till six and then I'll get up. But he's like, no, this is for you. Yeah. So yeah. Come on. Let's do it, mom. <laughs> Let's do this. It does yeah. help. It's an it, wow. mo- motivation. <laughs> wow. Thanks for sharing that story. It's just, uh, so incredible and painful and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No problem. You. My pleasure. Yeah. So when a when a client comes in to work with you for their first experience, mm-hmm. what does that process look like? What should they prepare? What should they expect? What what goes down in an Akashic Records reading? So just to note, like I don't really do readings anymore, but when I was, um, what it looks like is I send like a little pamphlet before the meeting and they go through um, what's going to happen just so they're prepared and we can use the time together to just sit in the Akashic field. And um, I always advise to not drink any alcohol and or um, use recreational drugs at least 24 hours before. So we do that. We do a short meditation during the session and then we dive in. And I really like to use music to help get everybody in that place because everything in the universe is music. Like these vibrational frequencies all have sounds. We just can't hear them all. So um, I use sounds that are as close as possible to the Akashic field. We go in, they ask questions. A lot of times, a lot of information just kind of comes. Um, and I share that, but what we're really doing is my condensed energy center is exploring theirs. So I, that's why I like to use the word explorer instead of like a reader or anything like that. Cause I don't feel like I'm just like receiving channeled information the same way people, you know, like a psychic medium or something like that. I feel like I'm tuning in to their vibrational frequency and reading it. And, and it's been lovely. And I'm constantly like, that's not real. And then I'll do a reading and it's like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're like, Oh yeah. I'm just being affirmed once again. It's very, very real. Every single day. I'm like, it's not real. Am I making all this up? Like what's happening? And then like every day there's like confirmations, you know? So, cause it's the world of possibilities with anything is just like (laughs) multidimensional. Yeah. Well, I, I love you saying that so much because I think I think sometimes people come into these practices, these modalities, these experiences, and they're like, is this real? What's happening? And the fact that like you can be a practitioner and a teacher and still be in a state of constant question of what's real, what's not real, how's this working, and then be reaffirmed every time you show up that, oh yes, in fact, this is continuing to be something that is incredibly profound in my life. And the life of those people that have, I've been able to share this with is, is it's just, it's so honest. And so, thank you. So real. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, th- I think that's kind of the beauty of so much of this is it's, you know, we, we aren't meant to know exactly how it all necessarily no. unfolds. Exactly. I always say my puny little mind cannot possibly comprehend the grandness of like this thing. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And yeah. I, I also think like the beginner's mind is really important 
Because once we mm-hmm. like, we're just like, I know everything. It, it's when we lose sight of what's actually real or not anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And if we're trying to use our, exactly, as you said it, our puny little minds to like, (laughs) to like put parameters around how everything works and put it into our language and our structure, we're going to miss half the magic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. So true. So what are some questions that someone could ask? What are some really good, good questions to ask of the Akashic Records when coming into an experience of, of this. So here's another thing too. I, (laughs) it's like, I always go against every grain rebellious to the core. I don't think asking questions is really necessary Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like we close off the information that's meant to come at that time. And I did start Mm -hmm. off like doing questions and like, you know, I still, (sighs) I'm still rewriting it and like trying to figure out like, conceptualize um the bigger picture but i really think that when we go in open and surrender and are ready to receive whatever comes to us the most growth can happen and a lot of times our ego is like i'm really mad about this thing that's happening but usually it's not even about that specific situation it's about a grander picture and i feel that's why it's important to just go in and be open and see what comes mm-hmm. up because um usually what has happened in my experience personally and for past clients is that the information they receive is the seed that is being rebuilt rather than like one little flower that was wilting, you know? Yeah. 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 That makes so much sense. And I I think, um, when I'm just thinking about myself personally, when I've, when I've had Akashic records sessions and I'm like, okay, if I have the ability to ask the vastness of the universe, <laughs> a few things, like that's a lot of pressure to like think yeah. about what are the few things that I want to know right now that <laughs> the vastness of everything and all the depth inside of me that I'm going to like, what what would those things even be? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's so, that's so helpful. It, it also takes the pressure off when yeah. walking into the experience and being like, tell me about my job. Tell me about my family. Tell me about my, you know, it's like, yeah. let's just see where it goes. Yeah. Usually what yeah. needs to surface will. And yeah. it that's the beautiful part about it because it's not anything outside of ourselves. It's going to like the deepest part of our soul. So the beginning of everything. So being open to it is, I feel, the most beneficial. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier that as you were starting to get into the Akashic Records, you were finding all these things around the Lords and the prayers that you need to say to open and close the records. And perhaps the folks that were sitting at the base of the Himalayas were not saying those same prayers and perhaps were not addressing it the same way. And I really, I, I really like that you brought that up because I think that that can also be a little bit of a barrier to entry and, and finding find for someone finding their way into this. Cause they're like, well, how do I, do I pray? What's happening? Who am I speaking to? Who are the Lords? What does this exactly mean? Yeah. So as the rebel that you are, which by the way, is a part of your Aquarius moon, very Yay! much so, okay. yeah, for sure. <laughs> what, what, what had to kind of unfold for you to get really comfortable with what that looked like and how you would address whatever that sort of Lord or prayer or whatever it might be yeah. is to get yourself into the practice? 
Well, I started reciting a prayer that is like um, very popular, but every time I recited it when I was first in like my beginning phase of trying to access the Akashic records or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I felt weird because I didn't grow up with the religion and the religious words that were being used in that prayer. So I just felt like an imposter, you know? Yeah. Like, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm using someone else's thing that I don't even know about. And it just, every time I did it, like it created like resistance. So it wasn't Mm. working for me. And I, instead of like continuing to practice it, I I started just like sitting in meditation. And I was like, like, is there another way um, to access this or whatnot? And then um, one day, like I was in the shower and all of a sudden, like, all these like words started coming out like I'm, and I couldn't get them out of my head. So I just grabbed my phone from like, you know, the counter and I started typing them. And as I typed them, like this whole new, like non-dogmatic prayer thing came out. And I don't know if like it comes from me or if it comes from something else. Like I'm not claiming like I channeled it and these like I'm the special person or anything like that. But ever since I've been using that, like something non-dogmatic, it's been working really well. And the way, the reason like these prayers or whatever actually work is because um, our throat chakra, the vibrational frequencies are directly connected to the Akasha because the Akasha is vibrational Mm -hmm. frequency. So the words we speak, the things we say, the frequencies we emit, the intention we put behind it connects our our subconscious mind. And Mm -hmm. so in the beginning, especially when we're learning how to access this part of ourselves, it's helpful to use the throat chakra. After some practice, you know, you don't need to, you can do what the Rishis did or the Buddhist monks do and um, just like kind of shift mentally, you know, to get Mm -hmm. to that place. But in the beginning, it's like the five pound weight before you lift the 20 pound you need. Yeah. Uh, So good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's such, it's so good. In Kundalini yoga, we have a a tune in, which is Om Namo Guru Dev Namo, which means I bow to the teacher within, or I bow to the infinite with wisdom within. Mm -hmm. And we say it every time we start, we start a session, a Kundalini session. And then we have a tune out where we're closing the session. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm working with my practice, it's, it's such a, it's just such, it's such a special way to just get inside the container, Mm -hmm. to just get there, get connected, ground in. And at the beginning, of course, I was like, I don't really know what I'm saying. I feel really awkward saying it, but now I love it. Cause it's like, I know that like the second I sit down and I like get into the, I do the tune and then I ground into my practice. It's Mm -hmm. like, I've opened up the communication. Here I am. Let's go. Yeah. And it, I, I think for someone who's never done any of these sorts of modalities or practiced any of this, it can feel a little weird. Like I'm chanting. What am I chanting? Mm-hmm. There's another, there's another meditation. Well, it's, it's a Kriya, which is a meditation, breathwork movement, all kind of combined. And in it, there's, there's quite a few different chants within the whole of it. It's like a 15 minute long set kind of. And in it, there's a part where we chant generate, organize, deliver, or destroy, generate, organize, deliver. And we chant it over and over and over. Mm. And when you listen to recordings of it from ancient practitioners being passed down, they're chanting God, not generate, organize, deliver, or destroy. And I've had so many people in my my program say, it feels really weird to be just sitting and chanting God, 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 because I'm not, that's not for me. Yeah. And I love this shift of, if it's not for you, find something else within it, like generate, organize, deliver, that is for you Mm -hmm. so that you can connect throat chakra to the higher realm, 
in whatever way suits you. Yeah. Cause that's how all those chants started was how do I connect? And that's what they received. So just because it worked for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. We're all different. And you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool that there is that I didn't know about that. Yeah, there's there's so there's so many really beautiful mantras. It's it's what really attracted me into Kundalini yoga to begin with was was the mantras because mm. I was very I, I very quickly was able to find connection through the practice of mantra. Totally. Mantra meditation is like one of the best forms of meditation. My dad it has been practicing mantra meditation like every single day, probably for like 50 years now. And it's well, like, yeah, he does, he does the whole beads thing and everything, but yeah. it's, it's really beautiful. Like listening to him meditate chant. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's so cool. Yeah. So cool. So, okay. So tell me about, you have an Akashic Records practitioners course. So tell me a bit about the course and what happens inside of that container. Yeah. So the course came out of the idea of, um, and I don't, it's a practitioner course, but it's not meant for like people who only want to be practitioners. The only reason I made it that way is if like, if that's the route they want to take, at least they have everything with them, you know, um, to be able to do that. But it's really about a uh, passport into the Akasha. Like it's, it's a very deep dive and we go through the spiritual aspects of it as well as the scientific aspects Um, and we really, really focus on our energy centers because that is really the beginning of connection is like learning about your own body, what you're carrying and your subconscious. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the ancient work modernized in a way, but the best thing about the course is that there's the possibility of practicing with other people who are also taking the course because we have the online community where you can just go ask like, Hey, who wants to practice Akashic readings with me? And the first time I realized the Akashic records actually are real is when I attempted to read for somebody else or when I did read for someone else the first time, because all the information, everything I was seeing, receiving was not from my brain. It had nothing to do with me. And they validated every single thing that I pointed out. So I'm like, what? How can this be real? But I think that that realization that like, it's not my imagination is really important. That's why we've really built the practice on other people into this course as well, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's the beginning of everything, in my opinion. It's like, whoa Mm -hmm. the expansion happens right there because you work on clearing and grounding prior to that and then you're like okay this is real all this work I did has brought me here now I get to build my connection to the Akasha wow yeah and so if someone were to want to take the course they would find it on your website and then how long of a process is it from day one of the course until they work their way all the way through the course what is that what is that experience like so it's actually self-paced. Um, it's supposed to be for six weeks, but honestly, the only one of the only reasons I I put it down for six weeks is for people who just want to get something done quickly. I really recommend spending like six months or as long as you want on it because some of that energy clearing work is like heavy and yeah, it takes time. It's it can't be fast tracked, but the the full course is a six week course but it's available indefinitely. (laughs) 
Beautiful, beautiful. And I will make sure we have a link to it in the show notes. So if anyone is interested, I'm interested. I'm like, I want to take the course. That sounds amazing. (laughs) We love to have you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds so amazing. Okay. So I'm going to ask you our closing five questions. And the first one is tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. So I even brought it because I was so excited about this question. I'm like, ah, I get to talk about this. Okay. So when I was a little kid, um, I loved going to my grandparents' house. And my grandmother had this jewelry box where she had like this costume jewelry in it. And we would always go. And right when I got to her house, I'm like, can we go to the jewelry box? And I remember even like asking her multiple times if I can have it she's like you can have it when I'm not around anymore saying like she'll pass it down to me but we moved to America she stayed in Iran and things get tough in that way and I missed her so much and um that this jewelry box was always like in my subconscious it would always pop up when she popped up in my mind because it was just so fun and one day I was in a vintage store and I found one that looked like this so I bought it Um. And here's the one that looked like hers. And this one actually plays music too. Hers didn't. Um, I bought it right away. And I'm like, yay, I kind of have it back. Oh, that's so <laughs> it's so special. Yeah. But here's the <laughs> crazy part. So when um, she passed away, like all her stuff got distributed in Iran and, you know, we weren't there. Um, years later, when I was pregnant with Rishi, like probably five years, I want to say after she passed away, maybe even more, um, my mom went to Iran to try to, to sell their house, which was around for a long time after they passed away, but they got all that paperwork done. When she came back, she's like, Oh, I brought something for you. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you even want it. And I'm like, what is it? It's like, well, it's, uh, Mama Mahin's jewelry box and it's all broken now. And it's like messed up. But somehow she like brought it back. They didn't throw it away. And I just lost it. I could not look how much like they look so similar. The rose on top and the roses on top. Wow. But I, yeah, it blew my mind. So this is like probably the most special object that I have in my possession. (laughs) Oh, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. And they, they look like exactly alike. It's that's wild. Isn't that crazy? I love it. It's like, it's like the universe was like, here, you're going to have this one until the, until the other one comes your way. Yeah. Because every time yeah. I looked at this one too, I would think of her, the one that I bought myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, I don't know, some, somehow it came to me and I can't believe it. So it's so cool. <laughs> so special. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about a book that changed your life. Well, this book I recommend to everybody all the time. And the book is um, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Waltz. Um, and this book came to me at a time where I was the most lost. I was 29 um, on a downward spiral, partying too much um, with no direction in life. Not that you have to have a direction or anything, but um, I went to jail. Like it came to me around this time. Like it was a very weird time in my life where I was living completely out of alignment. And my dad came to pick me up and I didn't go to jail for it. It was like a drunk tank jail. It wasn't like I committed a crime, but I was yeah. drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my, dad, my dad came to pick me up the next day. And, um, 
on our drive home, he's like, I'm going to give you something and it's going to really help you. And I need you to just like follow through with the exercises in it. So he gave me like the whole audio that back then it was like CDs, like the cassettes of psycho cybernetics. And I went through the whole thing and it changed my life like completely after that. Like I got married, like not that that's like a thing, but to the love of my life, um, we had Pele. I started my own businesses and like just took control of my life because I reprogrammed my mind with that book. And it's really the best book ever, I think. (laughs) Amazing. I'm going to check it out. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Next question is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Uh, I think, um, well, obviously like losing my daughter that moment and the most profound thing about it. I mean, it's really sad, but, um, when we were in the hospital and she was being born, like we both lost our breath. It was like a very scary birth with her. Um, we both lost our breath. Our, both our, um, our heartbeats dropped to like way below like safety. So we were rushed to an emergency cesarean, but I wasn't breathing for a while. And um, I left my body at that point And looked down at myself and that Mm. moment is what kind of just like re-energized something within me where I'm like oh like none of this is real you know I had that Mm. feeling where I'm like this isn't real but it's real but I but it's like even though like whatever down there like looks like it sucks it's like where I want to be like I want to be right down there so I after you know, a few months, like, um, when we were in the hospital and she passed that same out of body thing happened to me. And these two experiences was what really profoundly changed my life and put me on a different path because while we're having, it made me realize like, while we're having this like very individual experience, like that's not what this is all about. You know, it, it's like a playground, even when it sucks, even when it's like the toughest it can be, it's still like a part of the experience because when we are out of the body, we're all together. Like all our souls are together and we don't feel individual. We feel like a part of everything. So it's, it's a very Mm -hmm. unique experience to be individualized in this body. And Mm -hmm. just that idea has really, um, change my perspective on life as yeah yeah okay tell me next fourth question what is something you do for your health and wellness I drink water water is like I make sure that I drink for my body um size and height like I have to drink nine cups of water a day and I make sure to do that (laughs) it it's what keeps me going it's the best thing that I have done for myself because I was dehydrated for a very long time. <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I think so many of us are. Yeah. yeah. Water is so important. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> okay. And the last question, tell me about a moment you knew magic was real. Okay. This is a little sh- short, long story too, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's hear it. So after um, my daughter passed away, it, all the magic started with her really, but after she passed away, um, there was a full moon nine days after. And my husband, like, who's not into, like, 
magic or anything like that was like, let's do like a moon ceremony, you know, cause it was the biggest full moon. He organized the whole thing and, and our friends came and we all just sat in the moon. And the one thing that we did this moon ceremony was um, we asked for was for more communication with her to make sure she's okay. And um, that same night, this woman who I didn't know at the time started having dreams about my family and I, and she dreamt about where we lived. She saw everything. She saw our street. Um, this woman is my husband's sister's husband's coworker, very like close enough, yeah. but far removed. Like yeah, someone who I wouldn't ever know in life unless except for this happening. And um, she started having dreams about it. She didn't tell anyone. And then she had another one on Mother's Day while we were in India. And she's finally like, okay, we got to tell them that this is happening. And when we received those dreams, it was accurate. It was exactly about where we were in India. And the first dream was exactly about where we were in San Francisco and what we need to do while we are in India. And we did all the things that were in her dream. And that's when I realized magic is real because this is like, I would have never, never thought this would have been a possibility prior to that. Mm. It, the journey we went on, like it brought us, it brought us so much healing. It was like such a gift. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> so incredible. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your story My and yeah, so much of you and your work. And if, Someone listening wants to find you, wants to connect with what you offer today through your course and all the other beautiful things that you've got going on. Where would they find you? Well, you can find me at www.magicincline.com. And I think everything is there. So. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for Thank you so me. much. Oh, Thank it's been my pleasure. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. With that, we are complete. Thank you so much to Rohini for joining me. And as a reminder, if you're listening to this episode and you absolutely love what you're hearing, go ahead and enter into this giveaway. Drop us a review and then share that review in your social. Make sure to tag us so we can see it on Instagram. And whoever we draw will get a really beautiful Magic of Eye journal that you can use all year long or for whenever it's appropriate for you. Also, if you love the show, share it anyways. We love to see you sharing in social. It gives us an opportunity to see who's listening and it also helps us to grow and that means the world to us. You can tag us at your woo woo BFF or you can come over and find me at wee wee girl as well. I think that's it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll be back again next week. We have so many really special interviews lined up. Actually, let me even say this. Let me back up. We've got a little bonus episode coming your way. So it will be sooner than a week before I see you again. We've got a bonus episode coming your way. Then I'll be back again next week with another interview. Looking forward to seeing you then, my magical people. Have a beautiful, beautiful beautiful rest of your day. Much love.